I haven't watched like YTV or Teletoon or Family Channel probably in like 10 years. I just <laughs> I just started subscribing to Teletoon again for the first time in five years. I have not watched the channel at all since then. And well, I mean, I mean, fair enough. We have no reason to watch like YTV now that there's no Bionics or anything. So you lo- you you love Nickelodeon sitcoms though, Jesse. They are your favorite <laughs> thing. <laughs> How, how dare you reveal my dark secret publicly, Carl? I know that you have salmon cat action figures. <laughs> the, vastly, the vastly greater indictment is that I wouldn't know the name of any of those shows. What do you even know? That's like because I have a pop culture sponge. I don't know. It's just I don't remember shows being that campy and patronizing I like, when I was growing up. But I feel like it's amped up a bit. I feel like yeah. it's amped up a little bit. At least I'm not going crazy. Well, it's what kids seem to gravitate towards now. And what always gets me is when you you, you go on like the like the YTV social media site and you see these these guys on there. They're like, oh man, like why are you showing this stuff? There's no way kids like this stuff. Show the stuff I like. Kids will love that. <laughs> it's like I'm done with the station. You're a grown ass man. You should be. <laughs> why don't you cater to me? You're a children's network. And I'm, I'm in my thirties. And, and I am a I'm your target demographic. Hey everyone, welcome to Zonin Canada. I'm your host, Jesse Betteridge. Carl is joining us again today. Hey, what's up? And we also have a newcomer. She's a local cosplayer from Vancouver, Brittany. Hi everyone. This episode, we're sort of picking up where we left off last time. Uh, Specifically, we're looking at uh, the big changes that have been going on with Adult Swim Canada over the last uh, two or three weeks. We're also going to review the big shakeup that's been happening on Canadian television in that same time, uh, mostly with channels owned by Chorus Entertainment. And if you're not familiar with Chorus Entertainment, they are the company that owns YTV, they own Teletoon, they own Nick Canada, they own Cartoon Network Canada, they own Adult <laughs> Swim Canada, and Chorus is owned by Shaw. It's it's like that that's a public secret. But anyway, maybe just maybe just to clarify, what don't they own in children's television at this point in Canada? What's left? <laughs> they don't own Family Channel. Uh, they don't own well, uh, what, what is currently Disney XD and Disney Junior, but they're soon going to be changing into uh, Family Charged. And I should point out that the charged in that is spelt C-H-R-G-D. So, That's terrible. And, and actually, before the pro- original proposed name of the channel was Family Extreme, and Extreme was spelt X-T-R-M. So they're convinced that boys 6 11 really hate vowels. Ermagerd, <laughs> <laughs> friendly charged. <laughs> and, and also, um, Disney Junior will be changing into Family Junior. And those three stations are owned by DHX. And then there is also BBC Kids, which is owned by Knowledge Network. So we're going to talk about a lot of things that are that are getting mixed up now. We're going to continue to get really mixed up over the next few months. Uh, we're going to kind of parse through that in the middle section. And at the end, we're going to talk a little about what these changes could potentially mean for anime on Canadian TV, and the outlook on that particular front is actually a little more positive than you might think. But first, we're gonna we're gonna start with the Adult Swim stuff. And uh, Carl, I think the last time we talked about this in the last the last episode, we were maybe a little optimistic in our outlook. I think we were I, th- I think we were way too hopeful because we thought, well, clearly they're just gonna start with the the crappy announcements and then. Or the, and I shouldn't say crappy, but like the like the low rent announcements, and then build up to the to the higher rent stuff. But the highest rent stuff they have is shows that ran on Fox's ADHD block, which was 100% conceived as an Adult Swim knockoff, ironically by Nick Weidenfeld. So I mean, and I love the shows that they picked up out of that. Axe Cops, hilarious. I'm never gonna say no to more Nick mm-hmm. Offerman, uh, let alone with guest voices from people like Tyler the Creator. That's just, like, yeah, that bring that, that that cartoon's great. <laughs> I'm all about it. But I've watched all of it from it airing on Fox. And similarly, they picked up Cool and the Insatiable, which um, uh, Jesse and I's friend Corey has done boards on. Uh, fantastic show, fantastic show. Um, I'm glad it's done so well um, in its transition from being on ADHD to the mainstream uh, Fox Sunday block. But again, not what you expect to pick up for Adult Swim Canada. (laughs) 
And those were, by the way, those were the those are the bright spots. I'll let Jesse talk about the sad spots. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not aware, Adult Swim Canada actually launched back in 2012. Uh, the other half of Cartoon Network Canada. Up until earlier this month, uh, very few people actually got it. So very few people actually got to experience just how incredibly disappointing Adult Swim Canada was. It consisted almost entirely of 10-year-old reruns. They had, like, the first four seasons of Aqua Teen Hunger Force running continuously. What happened, uh, since our last episode, was that Chorus shut down Teletoon Retro. R.I.P. And it ex- Yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. Oh yeah, my childhood. The childhood for many people. That 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 uh, that channel made a point of encapsulating many childhoods. Mm-hmm. And in exchange, mm-hmm. they expanded Cartoon Network Canada uh, to five million new homes. Depending on what provider you had, Teletoon Retro may have been replaced with Cartoon Network Canada. Right. This meant that CN Canada and Adult Swim Canada would be reaching many new eyeballs. Uh, and including the three of us who had never actually been able to watch either of those networks before. When we did the last episode, Adult Swim Canada again began hyping up their all-new lineup, uh, and they started making announcements of new shows. The first was Night Sweat, which is uh, an original production. It's a combination of animation and live-action segments, which was co-produced by Teletoon and Blue Ant Media. By the end of the week, what happened was the website Channel Canada posted a press release documenting all the changes that would be happening to Cartoon Network Canada and Adult Swim Canada, as well as the full schedules for both halves of the network. What would happen was that uh, Cartoon Network Canada would be inheriting a lot of Teletoon original productions, uh, which were being shuffled around because of Teletoon retro stuff was being crammed into the main Teletoon lineup. Uh, Adult Swim Canada's full slate was unveiled uh, that revealed a few key things. First, as we mentioned before, all those ADHD titles were coming on. Uh, and they also picked up the much-reviled Napoleon Dynamite animated series. Boo. Uh, and um, what was really puzzling about that, apart from the fact that they picked up a very unpopular six-episode show, uh, was the fact that it actually, if you look at their schedule, it actually shows up five times a week. Uh, it gets played more than anything else. Uh, even Night Sweats, which is Canadian content, only gets played four times a week. Napoleon Dynamite gets five airings. Because apparently in Canada, it's 2003. <laughs> but this, anyway, this made it clear that no Adult Swim originals were being added, uh, and including highly demanded titles like Rick and Morty. Uh, the second was that, with the exception of Archer, all the content from Teletoon's adult block, Teletoon at Night, was being moved to Adult Swim. Third, and what was probably the most outrageous announcement, uh, was that Adult Swim would be adding a movie block on Sunday nights, uh, obviously so they could carry on Teletoon at Night's bad habit of playing random live-action movies, uh, which is kind of like rubbing rubbing it in, because uh, Sunday nights is when the American Adult Swim plays all their the premieres for their original animated programming. So we don't get any of that, but we get Dodgeball, uh, a true underdog story instead. If you look at the social media response, it has been very obviously negative. Uh, if you don't believe me, just go to Adult Swim Canada's Facebook page. There are basically three types of people who are posting anything on there. You have people who are demanding anime or a tsunami block. You have people who are demanding Rick and Morty. And then you have some people who are very obviously friends with the staff of Night Sweat. <laughs> so kind of before we dive into this, uh, have either of you really had a chance to watch Adult Swim Canada yet? Any any kind of impressions? Um, Yeah. And as somebody who watched the uh, inception of the original block uh, in the United States, I guess 15 years ago now, it, it's definitely, it's weird because there are moments that are very much like the original block because they're still running the Brack show, um, which is, <laughs> like, and they ran that into the ground uh, on Adult Swim US, but they don't still run it. And, and, and it's a great show, but it's just like, it's, it's played, it, it's run out. And I think even here, um, Makes no sense to continue to air. Uh, there's uh, there's some really weird choices, and the other thing is is they've got all the Fox shows that you would use to typically line up your 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 opening for the block. They're using them much more sparingly than they should. They should be running. If you're gonna have Futurama and American Dad and Family Guy. Those should be getting each a couple airings a night and your Monday through Friday as a way of padding the lineup. And that's not happening. They brought over stuff that people don't like because, I mean, I guess they're doing Forget About It Season 3, but it's not. Adult Swim would have, would never even ironically option something like that. It's just, it's a, it's a mediocre. Should have been Angora Napkin. Like any, it's just, it's just, it's just ridiculous because it's not at all 
to the spirit you want. I mean, they, like they've got that ad for Aquatine Hunger Force, which is just a clip from the show that doesn't even use the right font for Adult Swim. Like, and, and they run they that that ad is a full minute long, and it is basically zero effort, and they run it about six times an hour. I mean, they do Jeez. and they do end that clip on just the right note. They end it on the I fought them off with my nudity and like okay like that's a very yeah. adult swim thing in a sense to do to run a, a minute of like the most boring possible bit about aqua teen hunger force yeah. only to end it on an incredibly aqua teen hunger force joke but they would but you could do like five or six other versions of that ad where again you just pick pick one of those like lulls in the show and end it on like the shock joke well that's the whole thing is that Adult Swim has this minimalism to it that in the U.S. version really allowed them to kind of explore new artistic depths that you typically can't on a on a television station uh, because just everything's so simple they can you know experiment with all this stuff a lot more easily than they normally could and with a very limited budget. Adult Swim Canada seems to just use that as an excuse to be as lazy as possible. Well, it's weird too because like they they brought other stuff like some of the packaging they've got is obviously very recent because it's stuff that they that's been commissioned in the past couple of years for Adult Swim. They're running all of the wonderful, or at least they seem to be gradually cycling, cycling through all the wonderful bumpers that uh, David O'Reilly did and that a bunch of other animators. Those are, those are great. I'm, I haven't, I haven't caught those myself, but I'm glad they are running them. Yeah. If you're, if you're not aware, there are those, if you, you may have caught them, they are those uh, really weird North Korea propaganda style bumpers. Yeah. That look like eight bit all, all done in like clearly, pseudo atari-esque visuals and yeah just they're, they're as if they're actual propaganda from the uh, dprk which is genius <laughs> and i hope they keep getting new stuff like that uh that's that's good yeah like there's 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 hints that they could do this really well and further underlined by the fact that like i found myself watching the main channel on labor day just like like locked in i was just when it was during the day during cn i mean it was the only time I switched the channel when I'm, was when I'm like, actually, I just I don't want to watch Total Drama Island. That that like so skip that hour, but then immediately flip back. It's, it's Clarence or it's Gumball or it's uh, uh, Adventure Time or it's Steven Universe. And like so, like they're they're some of these are things that I've seen repeatedly. Like the Adventure Time they're running and right now is like right from the beginning, and I've seen the crap out of that. And I'm still like, no, it's, it's on. <laughs> so like they could have that level of magnetic draw to adult swim like if they're running like current adult swim stuff like if i flipped in and it was like the new tim and eric horror show which albeit is super creepy but also hilarious um if they're running like obviously rick and morty would be a guaranteed just there's leave the dial there i mean if they want to pick up a six episode show um they should have just picked up fully coolly but uh, just saying, it's six episodes. Yeah, yeah. It ran on Adult Swim instead of Fox, and would be inc- like, like that alone. They could, they could get away with literally, they could get away with literally every other sin in the book. All the, we wouldn't even care about all the other crap they pulled <laughs> if they had picked up just one six episode OVA. That's it, and they would have, would have bought them so much credit. Just going back to the Aqua Teen Hunger Force ad, I think one of the infuriating things about that is not just the ad itself and how kind of slapdash it was. I think the, the fact that it runs so many times an hour is because they have too many ad breaks. They have as many as four ad breaks running during a show, whereas, you know, when you watch the Adult Swim in the U.S., uh, it has a very specific kind of flow to it. Yeah. And a lot of that is because there are only two ad breaks every half hour. You have one ad break in the middle of the show and then one after the end credits of the show. It, it, it seems like they're kind of trying to somewhat emulate that, by ha- by putting some ads after the credits, but as a result, you're getting like on a lot of shows, you're getting ads before the ending credits and then after the ending credits, yeah. and that just results in like the same ads running over and over again. I know that it's really difficult for these channels to to negotiate things like the number of ads that they run per hour, but for Adult Swim Canada, like they've like, got to do like, it. I feel like they they've could have gotta... just them together. Like if you just do two ad breaks an hour. Same number of ads, but just you have, or not two ad breaks per hour, two ad breaks per half hour. You can run. They, they, when they run the 11 minute shows, they do. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they can do it, but they choose not to during the 22 minute shows. And that's when they just bombard you with four ad breaks with the same ads over and over again. Like, like, I just feel like, you know, they need to, even if they have to go, you know, I know they have to go up a couple pay grades to to find someone who can authorize something like this, but they've I think they've got to work toward cutting down those number of ad breaks. I think that's going to be really important to just 
mastering the flow that the block has. Again, I also feel like they they don't have that problem on the main network. Like because yeah. everything like the Cartoon Network does now is packaged as an 11 minute with credits. Like it doesn't have this problem on the main network because you watch four episodes or at least two episodes of any of these uh, you know current shows. And the other thing is they're all like they're running you know, Steven Universe, which is in production right now. They're running Clarence, they're running all the stuff that is Uncle Grandpa, all the stuff that's, that's being made right now, very fresh. And uh, again, it feels like watching the main network doesn't feel that different to watching the main network in the States. Um, you know, CN Canada and CN US are, you know, outside of, again, some of the Teletoon imports, um, which, to be fair, some of those Teletoon imports aired on... Cartoon Network US, like cart, you know, so it's not like it's actually, in a sense, bringing those on to CN Canada lines certain things up even better. It it sounds, it, it seems like they care about Cartoon Networks a lot, right? Like you had mentioned, and they've put in the effort to to put in some quality programming to make sure they bring in shows from uh, the US Cartoon Net- Network to make it work. And then it feels like they just thought to themselves, hey, you know what? Cartoon Network's is successful, and in the US, everyone loves Adult Swim. So uh, let's just throw that on Canadian television and see what happens and just not really care. Yeah, like, at just all like with Target. It. Just, yeah, like I had mentioned the other day, it's just like Target. They brought the brand name built up all this hype, we're all thinking we're going to get that like same Target brand, that same Adult Swim brand, and then they they reveal this horrible lineup and they expect us to lap it up, and instead everyone's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and then no, they're shocked they're, when nobody's yeah, excited. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's yeah. that bit of the exact same problem. The outside looks right. As, <laughs> you know, And ironically, I worked at a Target in the U.S. when I was in, in community college, so it's like I'm very familiar with like how a target should look and feel, and I'm like I walked into the first one here, I'm like it looks right. But then you go to look for certain things that you expect to be able to get, or you expect to be able to get them at a certain price or with a certain level of availability, which kind of lines up very similar to programming. You expect certain shows to be there at certain times, um, and well, like targets, just it was it was it was at, it's absent on it also, and, I, and I, it's worrisome because just it's, like how. Just about everything was absent from the shelves on Target. That was later on. Later on, yes. <laughs> no, that was from the beginning, Carl. <laughs> I feel like there was a point at which they kind of had stuff. <laughs> uh, but they never had the right stuff. And I think it's the problem here. Is it's like it's not necessarily that the shelves are bare. It's just with the wrong things. The wrong things are in the wrong spots. And, <laughs> it, and, it's, and it's perplexing beyond the possibility that, like, this is a whole different content package deal and they just want too much it's too rich for their blood to to get some of this stuff um in which case fine go use all the sweet sweet tax credits to make something similar uh to fill its place you know don't just do night sweats that should be that should be the tip of an iceberg um there are a lot of unemployed, great animated animator creatives here that could give you weird crazy adult swim style bullshit uh I have to say, though, I, I, I think I'm the only one of the three of us who actually watched Night Sweats yes. last week. I, I actually liked it. I thought it was very good. Uh, it was it was quite entertaining. The the live-action segments, uh, they were kind of derivative of Tim and Eric, but they were derivative in a competent way. Uh, they the, 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 the animated segments, I thought, were all at least passable. Uh, I like Crack Duck in particular. Uh, <laughs> and there's apparently a, more of a variety that's going to come throughout the the course of the show uh it's you know it's it's pretty adult they actually you know they have uncensored f-bombs and stuff which is uh, so. that's the other thing adult swim canada is in a position of actually taking it to some way more extreme limits than even adult swim us could yeah which isn't necessarily why you watch it you don't necessarily watch it because it's transgressive in that fashion but at the very least you can be like you could run uncensored aqua teen uh, hunger force episodes up here and it would be like that would be when the way says you may have seen this before pirated whatever but you haven't seen it like this unless you showed up for the DVDs you can't find up here so you probably did <laughs> boom <laughs> you just sold the show for you <laughs> there's there's so much that you can do I mean they're they're less rest- in in that regard they're so much less restrained um, 
with uh, than than the U.S. version of the network, but they do absolutely nothing to take advantage of that, and it doesn't seem like they really really care to. Uh, but I mean, Night Sweats, it's a little it it pushes the content boundaries a little bit. I don't think it's good enough that people in the states are going to be clamoring for it on their block or anything, but I could see it running on the U.S. Adult Swim block. It seems like something uh, and easy like, pick up. Like, oh, we'll just throw this yeah. on here because it's done. Yeah, and it's also 26, 26 episodes each twenty two minutes, which is probably a bigger season order than anything that has ever been on adult swim us or at least any original production on adult swim us that we've seen and i think even in the worst case scenario this would be really good can con filler just to sort of strip every day and and run into the ground like they do with with forget about it but at least with something like night sweats i mean i don't feel personally offended when i have it on in the background also i noticed that earlier last week they had some of the cards running you know the cards with their you know the white text and the black background uh, they they're usually written by interns or people working at Adult Swim, and they show up after the ad breaks on on certain shows. They were running for a few days and they seem to disappear. Uh, and I, I have to say those cards weren't really that great, but I think it's really important they try to keep that going even if they're not like the best quality, because it really makes it feel like there are actual people running the network uh, rather than just a computer running it, which. Uh, but you know, just that little, little bit of effort is appreciated. And uh, also worth pointing out that in the States, they usually don't start running the cars till like 11 PM because 11 PM is when, you know, the Fox shows end and the original start and the adult swim block really begins. Um, but I mean, here they start, they're already rerunning stuff by like, uh, by midnight. That's another big problem with it is it's a three peat or four peat. Whereas the main... They, they don't have any four-peats, thankfully, but there are three. Yeah, no. That, well, well, especially, again, if you had no content. But, I mean, part of the, part of what made Adult Swim work very early on is they understood they had no content. So it was Sunday premiere, Thursday rerun, and in, like, a three-hour block. So they, you know, and they, it took everything they could in there. And even then, in that three-hour block, they had multiple different 15-minute shows. They had Harvey Birdman, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, C-Lab, and Brack. And... Home movies for reruns and Cowboy Bebop, and that was still like that's that's so much more content than what we have right now, or it feels like so much more. And they packed it in a tight spot for a maximum impact. And that was before the you know the, the fancier cards, by which I mean the simpler cards. But I mean they took everything they could to make those they make that zone work. Oh, and they had of course uh, Space Ghost episodes as well. But I mean, that's the whole thing. There's, you, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting that tiny little block. I'm forgetting some of what they had initially, um, and that's just not the problem here. They've taken a, they're taking a tiny little block, making it smaller than it needs to be, and then just running it again and again and again uh, throughout every day. <laughs> Overall, it really seems that they've underestimated the the expectations that come along with this brand. Because I mean, I think they're their big mistake and i you know i I think we can all probably have different opinions on what resulted in this huge horrible backlash that it got but i i think that one of the big mistakes was that they uh they had the gall to hype it up at all uh they thought and i mean they seem so surprised by the bad reaction but i think the reason the reaction was so bad was because they hyped up something that was did not fit in the expectations people have and people have very specific expectations for adult swim they want new adult swim originals mm-hmm. they want you know a, a tsunami block which you will overwhelmingly see demand for on their social media in fact if you, even if you compare it to say the adult swim uk facebook page you, you see you, you'll notice there are some people on there demanding a tsunami block but it's nothing compared to what you see on the adult swim canada page I mean, do you think if they just quietly added these shows that it would uh, that the that the reception would have been better? I think if they hadn't built it as going from a kiddie pool to going to the swimming pool at the Bellagio, it might have <laughs> gone over a little better. I'm just saying, if they built it as going from a kiddie pool to like an above ground pool at your friend's house, it'd be like, yeah, that's about right. But they made it sound like this was going to be a big front to back overhaul, and it's like, mm, no, you went from like realistically you went from a kiddie pool to like with the hard plastic sides to the inflatable kind that's a little deeper it it actually just occurred to me earlier that i i don't think that any of these acquisitions were actually meant for adult swim canada either it was like they very obviously and it's fine because in a sense adult this is oddly enough a proudly adult swim thing to do they had acquisitions set up probably very much for um 
Teletoon at Night. And honestly, for Teletoon at Night, all those ADHD pickups would have been like awesome. Like I, I would have been yeah, like that, I, it would have I would have been, been unironically been like yeah they're clearly trying to try now a golf club yeah, like like there there would have been some like like some scoffs at Napoleon Dynamite but apart from that well, I think Napoleon Dynamite would have been easily outweighed by Axe Cop and uh, yeah. Golan you would have been like shit that's like that's very they're they, they're that's an on the move thing it's not what you expect because you expect you don't have those expectations of Teletoon at Night as a brand. Um, but like I said, it's actually kind of a very proudly Adult Swim mm-hmm. thing because when they started Adult Swim Action, of course, it was largely started with shows that had very clearly been intended at most to be aired at midnight on uh, Toonami's Midnight Run Block. So they were PG edited for that kind of PG, which is a, in some ways a much more stringent uh, PG at that point, as opposed to... Second, there's a lot of... Sorry, what's our deal with it? You're eating dinner. <laughs> 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 Hey, Danielle. They say hello. You wish you could eat the food. <laughs> <laughs> you do, though. It's really delicious. Um, so, Is that your wife or girlfriend? Yes. That's oh. my wife. I'm married. <laughs> Squid Billy's this up. Okay. Let's set my bed up and back in. Uh, borrowing content is from a, a different block that you had originally intended for a different block is a very Adult Swim thing to do because Adult Swim Action was built on stuff that was at most set up for Toonami's Midnight Run. Um, by editing, uh, it's like they, for example, they ran like I think Gundam, like oh double like, 0083. 0083, so Stardust Memories. Don't, don't ask why I know that off the top of my head. <laughs> I started, you're a huge nerd, just like me. And they ran like Pilot yeah. Candidate, which we had edited, Pilot which Candidate. is already a bad show, but edited to TVY7 is just incoherent, and that's it's not terribly coherent like to start with, um, and it's actually the worst show to try and string out over 13 weeks. Um, as well, like it would have been much better aired on Toonami, where you can at least digest the whole thing in two and a half weeks. Um, so, in a sense, this borrowing actually feels like kind of a classic Adult Swim move. But I don't think people want like the Adult Swim that's finding itself at this point. They want what you have right now. They want to just shortcut directly uh, to where to this point, and uh, especially seeing again the main network shortcut directly to the Cartoon Network up today. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing. If they were running this, like, as a true Adult Swim block, they would be, even if they weren't, you know, being able to meet everyone's expectations, they would be going out of their way to be uh, self-deprecating and just making fun of themselves for, you know, all these problems that are going on. They would be totally transparent about it because... Again, that that kind of self-deprecating nature is part of very much part of the adult swim ethos for sure. Like they would, they, yeah. they would crack jokes on. I mean, they ran a card when they were running fully coolly about how uh, Kyle Pope, a good friend of mine, who used to do edit lists for uh, uh, Anime News Network, they said Kyle Pope makes us cry for pointing out our little edits, and it's it just like the fact that they would do that, that they would just directly address one of their most vocal online critics, critics um, head-on, both mocking the fact that they do have to edit stuff for television um, somewhat heavily at that point, even for an adult block, um, while also sort of saying, like, hey, by the way, in case you didn't know, we, we do do this. Um, uh, radical transparency for television. Just unheard of. Radical transparency for television. And that's... Yeah. What, it, if, they had, if, they, if they had opened up with, like, so, we shit went crazy last week and we just found out we're in five million more homes and we have nothing to show for it so we're going to steal from our friends at teletoon and give you a few new things while we work out what the fuck to do like if that had been a card what if people had been like hell yes you're on keep going that is exactly what they should have done i i agree with you because i mean there's so much out of i think there's the people who are running adult swim canada right now or perhaps person i don't really know they they obviously don't have a lot of control over the situation. Probably less so for whoever's running the Facebook page. But I mean, man, I like I don't think that Adult Swim can really function the way that it's supposed to in that totally transparent, self-deprecating way under chorus. They're just they're too micromanaging. Because uh, that's that's the thing. Tur- Turner is not micromanaging. They, they if anything, they are uh, they they are against synergy to a fault. Sort of as we talked about in the last episode. It's not even that. It's also they're very they're, they are very much willing to entrust capable people, and they will look for capable people in every corner of their enterprise. I mean, Mike Lasso 
famously started in TBS's mailroom. And they happen to be doing this thing. They're going to do a cartoon thing. And they, you know, well, you want to try for this? you got to do a quiz on classic cartoons, which, of course, he's in, he smashes. So, like, all right, you're running this Cartoon Network. We've got all this, got all this uh, library off of buying up Hanna-Barbera. Figure out how to make a network out of this. And um, I don't think there's that level of trust at all in Chorus to be like, hey, we got all this stuff. Figure out how to schedule it. Uh, whoever's the biggest nerd that we can get our hands on in our organization. And that may also I was, I was to, really may also speak to that there may be nobody inside of Chorus that they could get that uh, fits that bill. Like Mike oh, Lazo sure. is a, Mike Lazo is a rare talent. He is in the same league as um, Fred Sabert. He's one of those like like as, as much as Sabert managed to define the early voice of of MTV and then went on to many things. Uh, Lazo sort of you know Sabert was that in the 80s. Lazo has done that for the 90s and uh, and 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 onwards. So. Uh, it's a it's a tough place. Like I'm not sure like if it's if, if if there's somebody they can get or that they understand that they should get to do that inside of their or adult swim. Yeah, I'm sure there are people who like that who work at course, but they're not allowed to just, do what they need to do. They can't do what they need to do. But right now it's as we've kind of implied throughout this episode, it's especially a big mess over there. And the reason why course is such a huge mess right now uh if you didn't already know and i haven't mentioned up to this point for or for reasons of just totally contrived uh dramatic build-up uh it's because of the disney channel which just launched on september 1st uh that was launched by chorus because earlier this year chorus acquired the disney license uh which was previously held by dhx who are the people who own family channel because up to this point family channel always had the the disney original programming uh and They've clearly been dumping all their resources into launching this new Disney Channel as fast as possible. They, they scrambled to launch it on September 1st, and then it brought about all these all these changes that aren't going to be fully resolved probably until the end of the year. Uh, and it's all apparently also using a brand new license. They're not using the Teletoon Retro license, which seems to be the common assumption. They're actually go, uh, apparently going to apply for a new one because you can do that now. You can launch a channel and then get the license later because, you know... CRTC is trying to encourage more competition and stuff. Uh, so the result is that, in addition to YTV and Teletoon, Chorus now controls Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and Disney. They have all three of those big U.S. brands. I think that's pretty all that matters in the U.S. at this point. There is no, there's nothing on broadcast anymore for children's television. Like that's it. That's, I mean, there's PBS, but I mean that's not even in whatever. Like there's well, nothing even, left even, for even PBS. HBO is getting all the first run uh, Sesame Street now. Right, but I mean that's the thing is, is like they what is left? What is what is what is left in America for any other Canadian company to grab? I mean that that that's the thing. I mean, are the U.S. brands the most important thing? I think it's great to have BL if you're trying to it, like I like I'm wondering what family's gonna air from the states that is new. What what is what is in current production in the United States that family now that they don't have Disney can air? Well, yeah, you, ha- you have to remember that uh, DHX is pretty big. They own the Deke Library. Yep, yeah, that, that's which... library that's not new. <laughs> it, it, yeah, true. Uh, but they also they bought Epitome Pictures, which produces Degrassi. So they've got Degrassi. Uh, they bought Ragdoll, which focuses on preschool entertainment. So they're pumping out their own original content for their their family junior station. And I'm sure some of that's going to show up on the main network as well. And they have Nerdcore, which focuses on boys' action shows. Uh, although I'm sure that if you ask the peanut gallery of uh, of children's programming critics on the usual usual social media circles, you're going to hear a lot of criticism about Nerdcore. But who we don't care about them. Uh, even though we are them, but it strikes me—it just—it just strikes me that they're in a tough position. I mean, like there's, there's, there, the hub doesn't do anything new anymore; it doesn't exist per se. So, I mean, like that would have been their angle if that had maybe if Hasbro had stuck with that, maybe they would have been like, well, we can grab. There's a set of creators that isn't in that like now, I guess, holy trifecta of U.S. children's television creators. <laughs> but I mean, what's more is that uh, I mean, course launched Disney Channel now, and while. Uh, DHX is actually still able to run Disney XD and uh, Disney Junior till December 1st. After that, Chorus is going to be launching their own versions of Disney XD and uh, and Disney Junior. So you're going to have like well over a dozen Canadian children's services all battling it out. And, you know, the big question is, are these fam- are these three family channels going to be 
enough to to fight against them i mean i mean is this a monopoly would you call this a monopoly because i mean you still have dhx and bbc kids as competitors to uh to the the u.s brands but i mean do you think they could stand up to chorus technically no it's not a monopoly because chorus would have to own all children's programming ever in existence like there would have to be zero competition and there is competition but you can't look at that and and think it's not headed towards a monopoly when they own like 60 70 percent of the market i'd go for even more than that i mean when considering what's left um no i mean you know i mean considering that you'll have i mean if you consider that i mean it doesn't sound like they're syndicating out all the different variations of nickelodeon though if they did they could at least i mean that would be another couple of channels they could stick in that would be eating up channel space of theirs but i mean just having teletoon uh cartoon network and three different disney's that's five channels right there um and dhx is going to try and do three plus and then there's and then out of knowledge you get bbc kids but i mean the other side of it is is that they have those brand they have branding in nickelodeon and cartoon network to pop open another couple of channels they could always spin teletoon retro back out um, they had, they're in an incredibly, they, they have, you know, odds are if somebody's shopping, like say a la carte programming down the road here, as we have that scenario open up here in Canada, um, the odds are distinctly in favor of them ending up on, uh, with giving chorus money as opposed to their competitors, just because the, the, the cultural defaults yeah. are going to either be towards the brands that they grew up with. So Teletoon, and I guess that, wait, they have YTV as well. Jesse? Yes. They have YTV, yes. and YTV is definitely not going anywhere. So, but, but, but the thing is, is on that basis, it's like the odds are that, like, if they're thinking Canadian, they're going to pick up Teletoon or YTV. If they've got any sort of international focus, they're going to end up on Nick, CN, or Disney, or, or all of those. And the odds are they're like, what is family? Um, BBC Kids, depending on whether they're Anglophiles, might pull some eyes, but yeah, it's. It's not. It's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, uh, Microsoft technically wasn't a monopoly in the '90s. There's there's Macs and, and and early Linux, but it's like they still got an antitrust on them uh, because yeah. they, they 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 still were for by de facto de facto market share were, were most of it. So uh, I don't know. Like it, it, it does really speak to how much consolidation there has been in the Canadian media landscape, and that because of Canadian media ownership rules, instead of new content from other countries being an opportunity for new owner operators here or something like that or foreign competition it's just that ends up being another brand owned by the same canadian conglomerate and at least it's a canadian conglomerate but they have kind of i mean if it's not at the moment if it's not chorus it's and thus shaw it's something that bell owns so it's interesting you brought up that you brought up the the pick and pay thing or the a la carte thing so because as i'm sure most people know uh, Canadian television is going to switch to the a la carte system, uh, but there's still packages will still exist. And I know that a lot of these Canadian broadcasters are probably counting on the fact that they're going to get bundled in kids packs and that parents are still going to continue to subscribe to the, the kids packs. But there's a company in, in Toronto called V Media. They're like a small, I think, IPTV cable provider or not cable provider, IPTV provider. Uh, and they're only in Ontario and Quebec right now, but they actually started their their pick and pal system already. And they launched they launched it so that you you, know, you pay 17.95 for the base the basic package and then you pick any 20 channels you want for an additional 30 dollars so which is probably going to be enough for for most people so you, you basically have a, a 50 dollar cable bill now it's it's hard to say or, or, or it's hard to say how competitive these uh, this company is going to be compared to the big players but I mean if if they are if they wind up being competitive they spread. And you see the bigger players sort of adapting to this model. You're going to be in a situation where anybody who wants a kids channel is going to, rather than get a, you know, subscribe to a package, they're just going to grab, you know, a handful of kids uh, of of kids content. They're gonna they're gonna ask their kid what they're interested in watching. The kid will yeah. know from friends and playground and online what they're probably going to get. And I yeah. think that scenario incredibly leans against family and very much in favor of like. Disney will be in a superb position because I mean the, the other thing is Disney just has brand recognition. Parents will be like parents that don't ask their kids will probably just be like Disney's got to be Disney. Blah. Um, if they have if they're familiar with anything um, out of the states like it's uh, like I, again I feel like Cartoon Network and 
uh, Nick have a good leg up. Cartridge Network perhaps more so than Nick these days. Um, uh, it's been incredibly just, uh, they've been on a roll content-wise and such that people here are aware of it. Like Cartoon Network merch shows up in the toy stores and stuff. So it's like, you know, kids will be like, I want the show. I want the, I want the Adventure Time show because I saw their toy and vice versa. I, I want to buy that toy because I see the show. Uh, in a way that again, that, sounds, that, that, that doesn't sound like a kid that, but... to me. That <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I did an old man kid, but I, I just, <laughs> it, it just, it, it, I don't know. Like I mean, yeah, Adventure Time has gotten weird, gone weirdly up age uh, as it has aired. You know, the fact of the matter is that is is the Kirk Network is no longer the merch underdog it once was. There's a time where if you were to ask me 15 years ago if, the, if we had suddenly been in the same situation of having Disney. Uh, Nick and uh, Cartridge Network available in Canada. It, Disney still probably would have led that just again because of brand recognition, but Nick probably would have been the the solid second choice just because it was um, much better together and and put itself out into other you know it was more visible. Like aside from brand recognition and everything else, you have a lot of people now who are our ages, their mid-20s, early 30s, they grew up with with YTV and Teletoon, right? And also Disney programming, but specifically on Family Channel. But so they're having kids now, and when this pick-and-play model comes in, they're going to be they might not necessarily ask their kids, they might just go, hey, I grew up with YTV, I know they've got good programming, I'll pick that. And it's still going to lean in towards this favor. That's an important thing to consider too. You're absolutely right that's about that. That's still going to probably mean, put fa- family to disadvantage because that's one traditional Canadian brand up against two other traditional Canadian brands. Another thing you also have to remember is, I mean, with Chorus, yeah, they have they own all this stuff, but can they really sustain it? Mm. I mean, they're they're not Turner. I mean, just look at Nick Canada. That that is that that, that channel is a pile. Yes, it does <laughs> it does exist. Well, I'm not sure if I would call it existing. It's a re, it's a pile of nothing. Uh, I would not call that H. I would not call that channel competitive. It's television purgatory. By any stretch of the imagination. Uh, uh, so I, I think Super Channel is television purgatory. <laughs> uh, in, in some ways, anyway. But Nick, Nick Canada is just you know, it's 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 nothing. There's no reason why, unless you really want to watch Invader Zim marathons every now and again. There's really no reason why I think anybody would want that channel. I thought it also opens. I feel like, I Sorry. feel like everything that's on Nick Canada could be easily also like it would be better rolled into support Teletoon and, and uh, from the animation side and uh, YTV from the the teen sitcom side. Like that well, would be you'd be better off splitting it in half because the brand is, you know, Nick. You know, Nick doesn't own their own animation studios. So like it's it's like it's not the brand. In the same way that I think Disney's a brand, or as Cartoon Network's position themselves as a brand. But growing up, like all of the Nick shows that I watch were on YTV. Right. Like that's yep. right. Well, that's why, and, well, and that's why I think, would, that's why I think would go good to, good together. It's like it would you're yeah. you're gonna you you know that the people are gonna kind of lean towards that anyways. And uh, a lot of people they, associate the a lot of people associate those Nick shows with YTV more than they associate it with Nickelodeon as well. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends how, how how far you go back, but I think I think that sentiment went on for for quite a while. It's also possible that uh, Chorus will will cut some of these services too. Uh, I mean, I could easily imagine them cutting Nick Canada unless they have some kind of contractual perk uh, to keep it going. I guess if I guess if they're in a position where they can run that and that gets them a deal on then rerunning the exact same shit on YTV and and Teletoon later, that's a great move. Yeah, keep that up there in premium where nobody's gonna get it except for like, you know, because even in an well, that's the thing. There's not there's not gonna guess, be premium. Yeah, I, I guess with an a la carte, but the thing is, it's the kind of thing where if they know that a lot of people aren't gonna pick that an a la carte over just their traditional line and it gets them cheaper content for their traditional line. Eh, angle in it it it's a smart business move but it sucks for those of us who are consumers when we have to put yeah. up with the same shows over and over again on repeat on multiple channels yep. yeah. with uh, all this with chorus owning the rights and or gaining with the rights to all these different brands yeah. and channels you think we'd get a little more variety variety in our television well I mean, also they could just build once like if they instead said we've got all the rights to this content and then just said television's now just going to be the best damn animation channel in north america because we can just skim the cream of the crop off of all of these things so it's like you can have new episodes of spongebob followed by new gravity falls followed by steven universe i'm like that's like that'd be uh, you'd have people begging for that channel in the United States because because people could just leave it there. 
like as I as I kind of briefly glossed over before, Teletoon at Night has now been reduced to Bob's Burgers, Archer, and then followed by a live action movie every night. Uh, I mean, the clear implication seems to be that they're going to phase out Teletoon at Night at some point and replace it with what we don't really know yet. Uh, whereas the French version, Teletoon La Nuit, has actually been expanded. Uh, so it seems that they're kind of putting more emphasis on the French Teletoon and a little less emphasis on the English Teletoon. Yeah. That's led to some speculation that they might cut Teletoon English and, say, replace that with Disney XD. I'm, I'm becoming kind of skeptical of that exact speculation right now. I mean, Well, I mean, Disney XD has a specific action focus. And, I mean, you're going to have – and if you look at Teletoon's schedule, a lot of their nighttime stuff actually – is action focused. They have a really strong superhero focus, uh, sort of in their their late prime time hours and entirely on the weekends now. It, it, it's possible that they may be shifting towards that entirely for their nighttime lineup in the future, which I, I think fed a lot of the speculation they might become Disney XD because that has such a big superhero and and action focus. I, I, I'm I'm becoming more skeptical of that possibility now, but you know we we don't know what's going to happen. It's all it's all really up in the air. But like I said, much of the late night time, it's being replaced with, you know, the superhero stuff, both the kids superhero stuff, the adult skewing DTVs like the DC, the DC uh, comics DTV stuff. Interestingly, they're now playing uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V on Friday nights yeah. uh, and multiple times. They play it at 8 p.m., 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. This is actually the first time in years that they've run any kind of anime in prime time. In fact, this is. For the primetime hours, they have not run anime in those hours since 1999 when they ran the manga entertainment titles like uh, Macross Plus and Wings of Hanayamis. Uh And it's actually the first time they've run anime in the late night hours around 11 p.m. since they ran Akira like five or six times back in 2008, which was really weird because Akira obviously did well, but still not well enough for them to pick up any other anime. No, which was kind of <laughs> really weird. But the, the thing is that these time slots really strongly suggest that they're gunning for adult eyeballs. You know, it may seem kind of kind of silly, but it seems to me like they may finally be giving anime a chance. And this may be a sign that they're that, you know, within this big chaotic influx mess that Teletoon is right now, like we might finally get some kind of like late night adult targeted anime lineup going. It strikes me that there's an opportunity there, like they if especially because. They have an incredible amount of stuff to try and keep programmed. If they're actually going to make all this stuff work, especially the U.S. stuff, they can't be rating. They can't be rating the U.S. networks for content for YTV, but they and 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 uh, Teletoon. But they absolutely, for Teletoon at least, can go and uh, grab. You know, if you're not going to do a tsunami block, which is kind of, is kind of maybe like that's a lot. That's a big ask because um, handling. CG, even if it's just the same CG being looped over with different voice acting, um, that's a whole that's a whole order magnitude more mess. But if they kind of from scratch or in using you know bring back uh, older brands or whatever, um, and and position themselves, there's a lot of content. There was kind of a dearth of content there. There wasn't much great stuff to run for a bit. But I feel like that. One, most of that still hasn't aired in Canada. And two, certainly all this new stuff that uh, has been getting airplay late night in the in the United States uh, could anchor a revamped Teletoon at night uh, with an action focus. Um, no one's going to... And, and you can, again, it buys so much goodwill with people who are going to spend money on you. Um, you know, there's a, there's a rule in marketing that... Uh, your core customers are pretty much your like that's most of where you're making your money, and it ultimately, if you're gonna have an adult block, your loudmouth nerds are where you're gonna make bank because <laughs> they're the ones who are going to, uh, by hook or by crook, uh, make sure that that's in whatever TV package they're buying. I, I, that's what I keep arguing that. Any service that has even has millennials on the radar, you got to remember the niche audiences because when you're running niche content that no one else is running, everyone that that audience is going to subscribe to that station. I also think it's like you got to understand that at this point it's not niche. We in Canada certainly and and in the U.S. very much as well at this point. You've had a a, a decade and a half of kids who have been raised with. Uh, 
action cartoons and anime in the background. Like, that's not new anymore. It was new Mm -hmm. for me in, like, 95. But that's 20 years now. And certainly by the time you get to somebody who's my little brother age, and he's getting into Pokemon in in the late 90s there, like, he's 23 now and, like, works an office job. Like, he's graduated university. But the fact of the matter is, is, like, you know, an LC's Twitter status, hanging out tonight, watching cartoons. Very obviously that, you know, even the casual folk, uh, if you were to say, hey, we're the new Teletoon, we've got this stuff, there's people who aren't on your Facebook page yelling at you who are still in, though, in a sense, in your core viewership. And if you provide for them, uh, they never, they're never they never going to thank you on Twitter, but they'll thank you in dollars, and that's all you give a shit about. If Adult Swim Canada, just going back to what you said, if they, if they started a tsunami block, I, I suspect that it would be a very stripped-down one. We'd probably get, like, the absolute bare minimum, like, shots of the... Uh, absolution floating by or some of the robots in space with just the, the latest logo or something yeah I, I i think that'd be fine honestly if they if they went that route and and also you know if, if it is true if they really are trying to gauge adult interest in anime on teletoon uh on their on their friday night lineups then uh i mean this this could result in something in either adult swim or teletoon we don't really know what's going on cartoon network is in more homes than teletoon which means teletoon is much more in a sense in a practical place in the position that Cartoon Network in 2000 and 2001 was in. It's the low visibility place that can afford to be experimental, and thus they should go all in. You've got a chance here, especially before, you know, you're, it's locked. People have this network, so you, it's not a, you're not going to immediately lose people dropping this out of the a la carte if you get too weird. You have a chance to, before it gets to that point, try a whole bunch of stuff, get real numbers back on it, um, and if you're smart about it, you don't just look at those numbers. You try and engage in a meaningful way uh, with your uh, your core people and try and get real feedback. Did you like this? Did you not like this? Um, and maybe they could they, like they have a chance to really find something. Put it this way, at least figure out what we assume would work um, and get real numbers to back that up and get the backing to do it that way. They may also find that there's maybe some new new option that we haven't even considered that would be great television. Going back to uh, Teletoon at Night, potentially, like, there's the potential there. Uh, like you said, Carl, you there's a whole generation of Canadians, uh, 20 to 30-year-olds, who are now paying for their own uh, cable, who grew up on anime. And look at, with the 20th anniversary of Sailor Moon, people lost their heads over it. And I had, I had friends who had only... The only anime they'd ever watched in their entire life was Sailor Moon as kids. And when they found out that there was a new show being created, they tuned in and they watched it. These are people who do not watch anime and do not watch cartoons, grown adults, and they're going back because because millennials are, have this this craving for nostalgia for a time when their life was easier because now they have to yeah. be grown up and and they can they they want some way to relive that and if you if you brought back shows like Sailor Moon you have Sailor uh, Sailor Moon Crystal now which is technically new programming uh there's the chance it might alienate because it follows the manga and it's so different from uh, the original anime but you could you could have a lineup of nostalgic hits no i mean right? there's also the aspect of a lot of that material has been restored um you know you've got new digital transfers for all this stuff so if you ran it just you can get your you, the old people get to see it in a way they've never had a chance to see it before. Um, it immediately fills out your lineup to run the old stuff, and uh, you have the new stuff as well. And um, you know you can rinse and repeat on how many different shows. You, I mean, Sailor Moon obviously is the, the key one in the Canadian market, but you can do that again with the Dragon Ball series. I mean, it's bizarre as hell that you know we don't. Where where where's DBZ Kai on a uh, here? I, I think that if uh, if DBZ Kai shows up and it seems like an obvious choice for like television at this point, I, I hope that it's the Funimation version and not the uh, long coveted <laughs> Mysterious Ocean redub oh, but of that honestly, show. Honestly, though, at this point, I don't care where it comes from. Like, it has no business not being on television here. It's money that's it's money that somebody's leaving on the table. And the same goes for Sailor Moon. And the same honestly goes for, you know, there's a lot of like those more commercial properties that aired very extensively and that you could immediately just sort of drop in and if you especially if you're going to say well we've got you know we've merged uh, teletoon retro into the main line it's like well you know what else is retro content at this point uh 
the stuff we were just talking about, except unlike the other retro content we were just talking about, one, even if you were to air the exact same thing, you'd be airing it off of beautifully restored masters, which you do not get for these other shows. So it's not going to look out of place to your younger viewers. It's going to look like they're not going to know it's an old show until their uh, dad comes in the room and says, I grew up watching that. Uh, and two, uh, you've got new versions of these shows that you can run right alongside it. You, you, the anime is so easy to incorporate into this to this mold and get both your nostalgia dollar and your, your, your new audience um, in a way that a lot of other shows would actually like. I think about like, the well, doors it would open up. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, no, no, certainly. The second you start running that stuff, I think... You know, it, it was the Sailor Moons, the Dragon Ball Zs, uh, and the Pokemons and Digimons and, and Yu-Gi-Ohs that opened up the doors to then say, well, now let's now let's run Gundam, let's run Big O, let's run these things. And today you've got a much deeper library because I mean something like mo- like something like half of all anime has been anim- been created in the last 15 years or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> now, a ton of that uh-huh. stuff is garbage, just straight garbage. But there's a ton of that stuff that is yep. better than anything that had come before it, like. Teletoon at Night would be in a better position than the U.S. block, for example, to run something like Madoka, because what, what's the risk? Like it's 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 hiding off on a corner right now. Go for it and see what see what the audience reaction is. They, they could air Shimonetta. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they, but, but you actually make a good point. You actually make a good point in your joke, Jesse. They're in a much better <laughs> position to try an adult anime comedy. In the sense of the wacky hijinks fan service comedy, Toonami can't touch that. Teletoon, Adult Swim Canada, they could air that show uncut. I yeah. mean, that is something that Adult Swim in the U.S. would never be able to do. No. And I mean, that, that that show is pretty funny. I thought it was going to be all like, oh, the SJWs are taking away our porn, but it's actually a pretty a pretty sharp it's, it's a, it's kind, a, kind it's of satire a, that is incredibly lewd. It is incredibly, incredibly lewd, but funny. it's like actually rather. It's like it's like if Orwell wrote a a dirty joke anime. Like it's very much. Well, I I think you said it's like an incredibly uh wow. an incredibly perverted episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, no, it's like you know uh, I mean, and the thing is, is that's that's which is saying a lot considering the first episode of Black Mirror involves the prime minister of the UK fucking a pig. But but I mean, <laughs> it, it but it just would tell to make a decision like that. Like like how how far in should they go? It it really all depends on you know do they have anybody there who could make a, a daring call like well, that. Like, well, I don't I don't know if they have, like, a Jason DeMarco or Sean Akins or anything. Yeah, no, the like, problem is, is you, need, you need a Jason and Sean, and then you need a Mike on top of them, and then you need a Betty on top of him. You need Betty Cohen yeah. on top of that. I mean, they had a whole stack of management there that allowed for incredibly bold programming for the time. And setting a, setting a, uh, a precedent such that it will be very hard for them... So long as Mike Lasso works there, he's now essentially high enough up the ladder. Um, I mean, shoot, when that whole Aqua Teen Hunger Force bomb scare went down, that should have been on Adult Swim's head. Instead, they fired Jim Samples because basically what it boiled down to is it was better to sacrifice the guy in Cartoon Network who doesn't particularly, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's an exec as opposed to the exec who's actually creative and running one of your more successful blocks. <laughs> Just in case anybody doesn't know what he's talking about there, uh, back what, – what year was the – I think it was 2003 or 2004, something like that. Yeah, it's, it was like – It was related to the movie. Like it was related years ago. It was a, they put these like light bright things around – They had the Moon and Ice on them, and they put them around actually the entirety of the United States in like major cities. But in Boston, people thought they were bombs, and they had bomb squads blow them up. And there oh was this God. whole – there was this whole stink about it. And really, this should have fallen on somebody in Adult Swim, but instead – they, in a sense, shifted the blame upwards instead of downwards to uh, the general manager of Cartoon Network at that point, even though, really, that doesn't technically make sense, unless you think in terms of they could get somebody to play GM, money guy, of Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. Like, those are Harvard MBAs, dime a dozen, uh, not to, to disrespect that, but, I mean, like, that's that's something you can train somebody to do. Finding somebody like Mike Lazo... Or uh, Sean Aikens or Jason DeMarco, these are rare people. There's a reason, why, and, and the thing is, there's a reason why when uh, Fox wanted to do an Adult Swim like block, they just had to hire people off Adult Swim because um, that was the only way to make that work. I mean, even when Cartoon Network was doing its Cartoon Network, Cartoon Original, doing its first Originals program, they stole people from Nick to do it. Like they grabbed Fred, 
from Viacom. They grabbed, they grabbed Fred Sabert from Viacom to run that back in the mid-90s. That's how this works with television. It's part of the problem that Canada has is really what you want to do is steal a bunch of U.S. execs and have them make this stuff work for you. <laughs> I think well, the problem is that you, the people who would be like really good at running this, running this kind of thing in, in Canadian media, don't tend to tend to stick around it. Like our like our weirdos don't. They occasionally get footholds. Like you know, much had Nardwar do interviews for a bit, but not forever. You know, we don't keep our weirdos in the loop, and we certainly don't in, in, uh, tend to in, give them more power uh, in a network sense. <laughs> No, I was I was going to say it'll be interesting to see what happens with Teletoon because at the end of the day when Pick and Pay well we were having another connection problem here. Oh yeah. Give it a second. No, it's it's tough. We don't we don't um I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Uh yeah, sorry. Uh continue what you were saying. Uh, I <laughs> what was I saying? Uh Okay, Teletoon. You're, you're saying you want to see Shimonetta <laughs> on Teletoon. <laughs> yes, Jesse, that's exactly what I'm saying. No, it'll it'll just be interesting to see when it comes down to it, uh, and pick and play comes pick and pay comes into play, whether Teletoon uh, just takes drastic measures because they don't think they can survive because if they don't have the ratings going into this, uh, thinking they'll survive, and if they don't have the content, they might not have a choice, uh, any choice but to do something incredibly risky and maybe bring anime back get. Get some nostalgia in there to bring in uh, Generation X, the millennials, and then from there introduce new shows that they aim specifically at that market because they know that the viewership is is going to be there to begin with. Or they might just flounder and uh, we might have to say goodbye to a big part of our childhoods. They should know what will happen if they start running. We have, like I mentioned earlier, you have like the, the peanut gallery of people online that you find talking about uh, you know, complaining about the lack of bionics and the lack of anime and, and things like that, just like there was in the States. In the States, I mean, you had like a very small, devoted set of people who would always go on about how much they missed Toonami and everything. People at Toon Zone who were just sort of holding the torch for it. And that's kind of happening with, with anime for Canadian TV now. As soon as like one of these networks shows some kind of like little sliver of hope that they're going to start running shows and people are going to start flooding out of the woodwork and start making a big, big deal about it online... And then it's going to be like a big they'll, – they'll air something like, you know, something obvious like Attack on Titan or Kill the Kill or Space Dandy. P- people will be coming out in droves just kind of, again, out of the woodwork. Attack on Titan seems like such an obvious first step to these days. Like it's it's very, 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 very well regarded. Um, you know, it just seems like a very easy way of saying, all right, we're running some other action stuff. We want to try something and we want something that's maybe, you know, fresher. It's, you know, widescreen, whatever. Um, because I mean, obviously, there's they could run stuff from the Cartoon Network had long since aired on Adult Swim, and it would still be fresh here because even there's a lot of stuff that never got got up here. But it, I was gonna it, jokingly I was gonna jokingly recommend Pilot Candidate, but it's not licensed right now, thankfully. <laughs> no, and hopefully never again. Like if there's a like if I ever hear uh, our friend Jose at Disco Tech is like, hey, we got the pilot candidate license, and I'm like, I hope to to I hope you're sending the master tapes into the sun, like <laughs> do us all a favor. They should go the extra mile and only release the tsunami edited version of that. <laughs> um, but hey, yeah, like I mean, if you want if you want to see something happen here, I mean, if you're if you're part of a ratings tracking service, I mean, definitely watch those Yu-Gi-Oh airings, uh, spread the word about them. Well, and but get get on the get on these communities and sort of try and participate uh, positively. Be like, hey, I would watch this. I would pay for this, especially as pick and pay comes up. Just start telling them like, you know what, I would pay for, and just list stuff. Like, just be like, I will pay for. Hashtag I will pay for and just list shows <laughs> at Teletoon. I like it. That, that well, could I mean, catch on. Well, I mean, what I did was I actually, I actually haven't subscribed to Teletoon in five years. I actually added it to my cable package this week, and I sent a te- an email to Teletoon telling them that I did that. And I said, hey, I, I did this because you added that anime to prime time, and – you know, when we get to the the uh, the a la carte future, I will continue to pay for your channel if you run stuff like you know Attack on Titan, Kill a Kill, Space Dandy, or uh, maybe I should maybe Moon. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say Sailor Moon. I know I should have said Shimonetta. You didn't go to <laughs> at that point. 
I didn't know to at that point. That's true. There's a, there's a possibility that, I mean, if you, I mean, it's kind of annoying because there are better ways that they could probably get a gauge of their audience. I mean, by day I work at a company that does this kind of research and build software for it. I know that they could, there's no, there's no excuse for them to not know. Um, because loudmouths who love cartoons are a big piece of their audience, especially for their adult block. And it is easier than ever, if you're willing to pay a little money to do it, to get that information into your hands in a way that's even more accurate than social media. They could be doing this, and they should be. And I, if they're not going to do it of their own volition, we as the people who give a sh- who care about this programming have to like incessantly bring it to them and make the point in a way, like I said, tell them what matters. I would pay money for this. Yeah, don't don't just constantly bombard them with, why aren't you playing this show? I yeah, miss like, Bionics. Yeah, yeah. Don't be like, I don't be like, I miss Bionics. Be like, I would pay for Bionics. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they live by Wu Tang rules. Cash rules everything around them. So, tell them that. <laughs> when you have a lot of people complaining about something online or saying that they'll watch something online, that doesn't necessarily translate into ratings either. Uh, but you know, when you have like nine out of ten people on your social media channels specifically demanding something it's usually a good sign that you should listen to them and uh and try and give it a chance seems like it seems like a reasonable plan well that was zon in canada hope you had fun thanks to carl and Brittany for stopping by to chat on these pressing issues just a reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes stitcher or soundcloud and if you could leave a rating or review on any of those services it would be greatly appreciated you can contact me through Twitter, at Canada or using the comment form at zonn.ca. Thanks a lot for tuning in. See you again.